Pray with me before we open the word. Father, our focus today is is on the gift of your son and of his death on the cross, of his body being broken and his blood being shed. But Father, before we take of that, help us, Lord, to be encouraged that just as you had a mission for your son, you've got a mission for each one of us. God, forgive us when we've turned a deaf ear to your speaking to our hearts and minds about the work you have for us. Forgive us, Father, when we've not completed yet the task that you've given us in life. And God, encourage us from the words of Paul today as we study these things that Paul used to encourage the Corinthian Christians. Father, help our hearts and minds to be open to your spirit as you take your word and parse it into our hearts and into our minds. Thank you again, Father, for this church family. And may we forever be found faithful until Jesus comes again to the work that he has called us to. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We just read these verses earlier in the verses of the month, but let me read them again to you, okay? 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. Paul, unlike your pastor, was able to say a lot in a few words. Most time I say little in a lot of words. But Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, gives five encouragements to the Corinthian Christians. And I think these five encouragements would be well taken for you and I to let God's word speak to our hearts and encourage us. Listen to what he says. Be watchful. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous Be strong and let all that you do be done in love. This morning, I kind of want to set us up. This this message, hopefully, we'll finish it next week. But what is my desire? What is your desire for the year 2017 in our spiritual life and in the spiritual life of this church? Honestly. Have you contemplated what you desire God to do in your life and what you desire that God would do in this church's life in this coming year? And let me just give you some things that I hope that you and I will desire. Do you and I want to grow in our faith? And folks, listen, Marvin Suit has given, I think, one of the best definitions of faith, forsaking all, I trust him or trust Christ. Do we want in our life, our faith to grow, not accidentally, but intentionally. And, and again, I'm not trying to speak down on you. I'm, I'm saying this to myself. What plans do we have for spiritual growth this year? Is it just going to be another year? Or is God going to be allowed to work in our hearts and lives in a greater way? Do you and I want to grow in our witness for Christ? Now, folks, I want to tell you something. And, and I know it's kind of a fine balance. You and I cannot make people Christians. You and I cannot pound people over the head with our Bibles and say, you got to get right with God, you got to get saved. Because, folks, you and I know that the Word of God says that unless the Spirit of God draws somebody, they can't come to Christ. But will you and I be witnesses for them? Will you and I not only be prepared to share the gospel with them if God so opens that opportunity, but would you and I so live before others 
as a witness for Christ. That when we say that we are a Christian, that we're a follower of Jesus Christ, that we're genuine and we're sincere in that. Do you and I want to grow in our service for Christ? And folks, I want to tell you, there's so much service that we can do for the Lord Jesus Christ within this community. There's so many people, I don't have to tell you, there's just so many people that have either turned away from the church or have never been involved in the church. And one of the ways that we can bring them to the Lord is by serving them. And remember, Jesus said he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And I think one of the ways that Satan has tricked the average Christian, and I would include myself in that, is that we always want the attention focused on us. When the Lord wants our attention to be focused on the others that are sitting here with us and the others that are outside of the walls of this building. Do you and I want not only each of us, but also this church to grow in all these areas? And why should we consider the questions that I've just mentioned? Let me give you a brief illustration, okay? Monday night, I was watching Happy New Year, Charlie Brown, written by Charles Schultz. And I've I've made this no secret. I love Charlie Brown. We're not related, although uh, I'm beginning to resemble his, his, his hairline more and more. But Charles Schultz was a Christian. And in a lot of his comic strips, in a lot of the TV programs, there's a, a, a very subtle message of Christ that is presented. And it always is a challenge for me as I watch his programs to see what he's really trying to say to the Christian. Happy New Year, Charlie Brown first aired on TV in January the 1st, 1986. I Googled it, okay? So that program is now 30 years old. But again, I love Charlie Brown and get excited to see one of the episodes because I know that I'm going to learn something about living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And sure enough, Monday night, as I watched that, that story, and one of the underlying themes was nothing comes easy for Charlie Brown. And that could be said of many of us, couldn't it? And Lucy, Lucy, you know, she is, seems to always be discouraging Charlie Brown. You know, he's a blockhead. Uh, she's the one that snatches the football out so that he falls instead of, instead of able to, to kick the ball. And you might be saying, what, what, tell me the point in all of this. In that special Monday night, at one point, Charlie Brown says about the new year, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be a different person in this new year. And Lucy responds, Charlie Brown, you'll never be a new person. You're always going to be wishy-washy. How can you be a new person? And you can tell that Charlie Brown is really hurt. And so Charlie Brown responds, I'll be a new person. I'll be wishy one day and washy the next. And folks, isn't that true of us as Christians? Man, however we get up in the morning, that's how we're going to serve the Lord that day. If we get up in a bad mood, I've been there, y'all. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach down to you. 
And folks, what I want to ask you, as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, how will we live as a Christ follower in this new year? And, and all of us can develop many attitudes about living for Jesus and serving Jesus. But let me, let me just mention three, okay? I've tried to live for Christ before but failed. It's no use. I am who I am, and I won't ever be able to do any better. Folks, that's where Satan wants you and I to be as Christians. There's nothing that Jesus Christ cannot do in our hearts and lives if we will surrender ourselves to him. And I want to tell you, and I'm not going to call names this morning, but there are people sitting in this congregation this morning that God has done some amazing things through. And I'm sure they thought, I've been such a failure at times. You know, if I quit preaching every time I, I felt like I preached a poor sermon or, or said something wrong or backwards, I'd have never been here this long. And I, I'm saying that not, I'm saying one of Satan's biggest tools in his bag is discouragement. And folks, I want to tell you, just because we failed one time does not mean that God's not going to use us. And if that were the truth, then Peter would have never become a disciple, would he? How about this other attitude? I'm waiting to live for Christ later in my life. There's too many other things I want to do for myself right now. And you know one of the most glorious truths about living as a Christian we can incorporate living for Jesus into our daily life and we will still get to do all the things that we wanted to do. Maybe not when we wanted to get to do it. Folks, that's just another excuse. And I want to ask you, have you waited? You know, Sarah's not here so I can tell this. It always concerned me, my children in school. I wanted them to have good grades so that when they, if they decided to go to college, they could get in and their GPA, their grade point average would be high because the, the people looking at potential students always look at that GPA and, and Sarah didn't, she, she, I must confess, she was just like her daddy. I didn't care about school, but Sarah kept saying, well, they only look at you last two years. So when I become a junior, I'm really going to work hard. And I'm going to get my GPA up. Well, you can imagine what happened. She got to the 11th grade. Well, they're not going to look at the 11th grade. They're going to look at the 12th grade. So, Daddy, don't worry. It'll be okay. And, folks, when you and I develop that attitude, we're going to put off serving Jesus Christ. Guess what? We never get around to doing it. I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm trying to share with you this morning. And again, Satan will use that attitude. And if you've been using that attitude, please turn to the Lord and say, I'll surrender to you right now. I've wasted enough time. And young people, don't get caught up in this trap that it's okay for us to live any way we want to until we get older. Think of the potential that living for Jesus Christ could, could bring out in your life right now. Think about what God could do in your life and help change your generation to turn to Christ if you said, right now, Lord, right now, I'll serve you. And I think there's a third attitude. 
If I don't live for Jesus, someone else will. Will It really doesn't matter what I do. I'm not that important. Folks, you are. You are. This church is only as strong as each of us are. And folks, listen. It is important that every single one of us find the task that the Lord Jesus has for us and do it for his honor and glory and not for ours. And if any of these attitudes describe you and me in our church today right now, then listen, we need, we need to get back in the word of God and listen to some of the things that Jesus said. Does Jesus really want me to be his disciple? And a disciple is a student. A disciple is a trainee. And folks, let me just, let me just read some scripture. And we're going to have them up on the overhead. In Mark 1.17, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And, and listen to how Jesus words that. I will make you become. Folks, becoming a fisher of men doesn't happen in a, in a moment overnight. It is an ongoing process of becoming like Jesus Christ. Listen to this verse, Luke 9.23. And he said to all, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And, you know, I believe that one of the most important words in that verse is the word daily. You see, living for Jesus is not a part-time job. It is not a seasonable job. It is a daily job. It's not when it's convenient for us. And again, I'm, I preach this sermon to myself as I've read these, these verses. Folks, following Jesus is serious business. It is the business of the king. And we need to be about his business. Let me read one other verse. Acts 1.8. You know this verse. Jesus says, but you shall receive power. And again, you've heard this said before that the Lord will not call us to a task that he will not give us the power to accomplish. And before he sent these disciples out, he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. May I fill in a little bit more in that. And you shall be my witnesses in... Chub Lake and City Lake and wherever you live in Person County. You'll be my witnesses in Durham when you go to work. You'll be my witnesses in the Research Triangle Park. You'll be my witnesses on the Cavell Chub Lake Road and at Triple C. And in case you don't know what the Triple C is, that is Country Club Convenience right down here, Okay or Clayton Corners, otherwise known as Rat Store. And if you don't frequent any of those places, listen, you can be the Lord's witnesses at McDonald's, Bojangles, Hardee's, Biscuitville, Stewart's. Unless your wife cooks at home. <laughs> I couldn't help myself, y'all. Okay, all right. You'll be my witnesses at school. 
Fill in the school where you attend, Bethel Hill, Stories Creek, Northern Middle School, Home School, Person Senior High, Roxborough Community School, Roxborough Christian Academy, PCC, NC State, that other school at Chapel Hill, uh, Duke. Keep filling in the blank. You'll be my witnesses at Duke Energy and at Eaton, at Louisiana Pacific, at Spontech, at GKN. Keep filling it in. You'll be my witnesses at home. You'll be my witnesses in the neighborhood. Folks, listen. This, I believe, is what living for Jesus is all about. It's not a one-shot deal where you come down the aisle and give your heart to Jesus. That is only the beginning of the journey. And listen, God puts us in places to serve him beyond the church. So here's what I'm trying to get to, okay? Beginning today, the first day of this new year, every day of this year, would we be willing to be Christ's followers and his witnesses and not being wishy-washy or wishy one day or washy the next? But we'll sell out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that you're saying, well, if we're going to do that, where do we begin? And this is where this book is so encouraging, folks. And let me just point out these five encouragements, and we'll start looking at them next week, okay? Five encouragements that Paul gives to these Christians in Corinth. Corinth was one of the most wicked cities of that day. But the church of Jesus Christ was thriving. But listen to what Paul says. Be watchful. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And I love the way Paul wraps it up. Let all that you do be done in love. You know, there's something... That if we love people in Jesus' name, no one can say, I don't understand. Because, folks, the love of Jesus Christ, if it is flowing through us, is one of the greatest witnesses that we can have that we're Christ followers. Let's pray. Father, time seems to go so quickly as we live each day. God, I pray that we would recognize the gift of every day as a time in which we could serve you. (coughs) Father, I pray that you would forgive me when I've put off and put off the things that you want me to do in your name. And I pray, Father, that you'll help each one of us to use the time wisely that you give us this year. And God, I pray that, Lord, we would have the right attitude about serving you. Lord, all of us fail. There's not been a person who's tried to live for Jesus that has not failed. But we thank you, Father, that you always pick us up and dust us off and pat us on the back and send us back out into the mission field for you. And God, help us not to put it off. And, Lord, help us not to wait till somebody else does the job that you've assigned to us. God, may we say as Isaiah did, hear my Lord, hear my, send me. Send us, Father, 
that we'll be found faithful unto you. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. To sing a hymn of decision, we'll add a little bit more time because we're going to do the Lord's Supper. But I think it's important as we begin this new year, the altar is going to be open. The best thing that we can do is turn our eyes upon Jesus. And that's the song that we're going to sing, number 413. The altar's open. If you need to come and make a new commitment, you don't even have to speak to me. Would you come as we stand, number 413.
remember that curriculum probably needs churches. Um, we know that the first Sunday we record is when we have a Lord's Supper. And it's not just something in our church constitution or in our tradition that it's obedient to our Savior. He said, as often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you remember me and also anticipate my coming again. And so we do it to honor him and obey him. We do it to remember him. And we do it to rejoice that one day he is coming back for us in our lifetime now. He is the king that is coming. Matthew tells us that while they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to his disciples. I'm going to ask our deacons to come forward now.
my body, which is broken for you. And ask our deacons to come again. Matthew tells us that after Jesus had instructed them to take the bread, he then took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it to them. Stand as you lead us in this prayer. Father, we thank you for your saving grace and that you sent in your son to be birthed. 